one. You want to step on my jump? That's cool. That's cool. I'm not the comedian here. I hey, obviously you're not the fucking comedian oh, here. Wow. I mean, clearly, bro. Welcome to a dose of reality. It's your boy, Kid Iso. And um, I'm here with my boy, my co-host, as usual. Blake Steele. How's everybody doing? Uh, we all good. <laughs> so how are you? How, how's everything? How's your week been, man? It's been okay, man. It's been smooth. Just uh, just a lot of work. Um, I had, uh, what? Was it this week? Yeah, it was this week. I had that, uh, that what's it called? That uh, monologue project that oh, I had right, to do right, 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 uh, right. with my good friend uh, Aiden. Shout out Aiden. Shout out Aiden. And uh, yeah, so uh, we did that. Uh, pulled that off okay. uh, like a rabbit out of a hat. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it, man. That's Finish that shit up. No, uh, so... What'd you do over the weekend? Well, my mom was actually in town. Shout out, moms. Um, Shout out. So, we actually went to this place called The River uh, for brunch. And we saw my boy. Uh, Shout out, Rasmo, man. We saw my boy, Rasmo, and I met his sister. And we just had some drinks and had some food. And kind of, I hadn't seen him in a long time. We went to college together. Uh, so, it was it was just a good, it was a good, uh, it was a good time. And then after that, me and my, my mom, we uh, went to the film museum. And, you know, I didn't know that, like, the film museum was so fucked up, cuz. Like, there's this one, like, spot uh, when you go through Africa and shit, right? So, you know, you go through Africa, they show you all this nice shit. It's like, oh, la di da di da Oh, here's Senegal. This is the type of food we go. And then there you're then like you turn a corner and you're in this dark ass fucking hallway and you're just on the Amistad in a slave ship. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like yo, it's That's just like up. one minute you're you're just cooling, enjoying all the fucking birds of Africa and shit, and then you're on a slave ship. And these motherfuckers are like whispering shit and moaning and like talking in their own little languages and shit. And it's like, damn, what the fuck? Uh, so, so yeah, that was um, very, very odd. Uh, so I'm walking through this. And, like, by the way, I'm probably, like, six, seven mimosas in a few shots. So, like, I'm literally. So you were drunk. You were drunk. I'm not drunk, but I was definitely feeling myself. I was having a, a, a great day. Okay. Uh, for sure. And uh, we turned that corner. I was like, what the fuck? So, so, yeah, beware when you go to fucking uh, the film museum, man. That shit springs up on you so fucking fast. And you got to go through that shit. I remember, and then, like, I thought about it. I was like, damn, I remember this shit as a kid because I was scared as a motherfucker. Uh, super, super terrified of that shit. Like, crying and shit was not trying to go through that bitch. Is that, was that there uh, when, when we were kids, though? Or is that something that's... thousand percent. No, it was. Because now, it, like... Because I don't even remember ever, like, going that way. Yeah, no, I, the only thing, honestly, that I remember from the Field Museum because I remember. No, dude, I uh, I uh, got to spend the night at the Field Museum oh, with uh, Cub Scouts. Same thing over at the Shed Aquarium, and uh, they shut the whole museum down, so we got to do it like an all nighter oh, thing. That's fire! And the only thing that I remember is like those two man eating light like lions. Oh, that's you know what I'm talking about? They killed all those people yeah, and then they yeah, supposedly yeah. killed them, stuffed them, threw them in the museum. Yeah, because um, uh, and then there's a uh, there's a and the gorilla. Egyptian stuff too. There's a gorilla in there, ain't it? Uh, maybe, maybe. It's a gorilla. Like yeah, I said, yeah, it's been yeah, a while. It's been it's a been while, been but I don't remember walking uh, through... Uh, through Africa? No. Yeah, you remember. know what? They probably did that shit on motherfucking purpose, bro, because that shit was... 
as a kid, bro, I see you was scared of that shit, bro. It was well, I'm glad you had a good time. Oh, it it sounds great. like you had a great time. Great time. Uh, you know, got to spend some time with your mom. Of course. And yeah. then, um, you know, took a trip through history. Always. That was cool, I guess. Hey, man. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like you can take some positive from it, even though that was bullshit. That's a, that's a humbling You know experience. what? It was like, honestly, it was just crazy because... Uh, the shit springs up on you out of fucking nowhere. Like, there is no warning for this shit. But you can turn like, around. Like, you, you I guess, but it's that's not how you fucking do an exhibit. Right. You know right. how you, yeah, you walk through that bitch. It's out of nowhere. Like, you literally just kicking it. you having a good time in the Sahara and shit. And then, slave shit. That fast. It's like, fuck. So, yeah, pre-warning. Anybody pre-warning. going to the Field Museum? Don't go down, uh... Don't go to Africa, man. Don't, don't go to Africa, man. Fuck that. Like Epcot, man. <laughs> you know, Epcot sounds like hella trash, bro. I'm uh, not gonna lie. Nothing's really in Epcot. Unless you're, like, an adult and you're going around and you're eating different foods from the world. I mean, it's not a place for kids. Bro, it's... I remember we were, uh... when I, The last time I went to Disney and we were all deciding where we wanted to go. And, like, um... I think it was... My dad asked, like, did anybody want to go to Epcot? And we all just looked at his ass like he was goofy. We were just like, huh? Epcot? No, I'm cool. We could. He's like, hey, I'm just asking. I just want to make sure we right. what part you want to do. Like, part of the parks. He's like, Epcot? Like, it's part of the experience. I think the only rides there that are actually worth going to is Trip to Mars. Then there's a rocket ride. Okay. It's an Aerosmith ride. It goes, like, 0 to 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour in a couple seconds. And then the Trip to Mars, like, is like a... Obviously, like, the G4 stuff, so it spins you super, super fast, and it really feels like you're on a trip to the space. And then there's, like, one other one that's, like, this uh, this car uh, this car testing place yeah. where they put you in a car, and you go through all these tests that they do um, for, for cars, and they kind of, like, put you through that experience on the ride. And I guess those are fun, but, I mean, literally, that's it. All right, I got a quick story, and then we'll, we'll get into some serious shit. Okay. But this is about fucking um, Island of Adventure. So, at Island of Adventure, like, one of the best rides there is this hawk ride. And it's, like, Hawk's Rage or some yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. It's, My it's, dad literally literally put a hat on me for that ride, because yeah. I was too small to get on that ride, then held me the whole time, <laughs> because he knew I was going to fall off the seat. Shout out my dad. So, as you know... <laughs> When that ride starts off, that shit don't, like, in most roller coasters, you get on that motherfucker, you just, you know, get, it's a slow build, and then right. boom. This shit don't do that. You go up a chute, and it damn near hits top speed as soon as it motherfucking starts. My dumbass didn't know that. So I'm 16 years old, and the only thing at that point that was most important to me was talking to girls. And there was this baddie next to me. And I'm like, yo, what's good, you know? What's up? Like, how you doing? What are you here from? Are you are you a tourist? Blah, blah, blah. So I get to, like, the second question, and it's, you know, we're starting to take off. And as soon as we take off, I just start screaming, just, like, to the top of my lungs. Because, like, I didn't expect that. And I'm just, ah, ah, just hitting it, going crazy. Damn, bro. Shorty's just, like, looking at me. Sounding like uh, Mario. Huh? Oh my gosh, Shorty's just like looking at me, like she's she's kind of like enjoying the ride, but she's just looking at me. And then we just get down, and she right. was like, "Wow, you um you have a, a really high range on your voice." And I was just like, Damn. "Why were you screaming like that, bro?" Bro, I was I didn't expect it. I know, but with I'm a scream I, I scream on rides. You're a screamer. Bro. Oh, one thousand percent. Just on rides. Oh, bro? not just on rides. I <laughs> hate man. In all everyday experiences, you're just a screamer. I huh? hate. Hey. You know, if something is enjoyable, motherfucker, I'm going to let 
everybody that is around in the hearing vicinity that that thing is enjoyable. One thousand percent. Just breaking glasses. Oh, buddy. Hey, you know, that's why, you know, certain activities, if I know I have to go to the studio and sing, you know, I just don't engage in because I know that's going to fuck my voice up. One thousand percent. You can't stop and be like, you know, can I get a drink of water while you're doing some activities? You know, you can't stop and just say, hey, I need some water. I need a water break. That's not how that works. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't envy you for that shit for sure. I mean, this voice has been this deep since seventh grade, bro. <laughs> yeah, it has. You know what? Yeah, that's the only reason why you were cool when we were kids. Let's nah, keep I mean, uh, wow, dude. You really? That was the, the only voice. reason oh, I was you got cool. The deep voice. No, man, it was actually a struggle. I'm not gonna lie, because I would, um, you know, quick, quick backstory on my deep voice. Um, I would call girls, man, in middle school, and I'd have their dads jump on the phone acting like I was some 40-year-old dude, man. And I'm sitting there scared shitless because I'm this little fat kid, bro. You know what I mean? Not yeah. expecting somebody to jump on the phone while I'm trying to J down with their daughter. What the <laughs> fuck? But, uh, yeah, man, we got a special uh, we got a special guest coming in today. Yeah. Uh, this is a special interview, a personal friend of mine, personal friend of ours, yeah. uh, named Mike Hackett. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure he's here. Is he here? Is you he know? here? Oh, yeah. Gas is here. Gas. Oh, better sure, up. Thanks, Aiden. Sure, I appreciate sure. you. I appreciate you. Oh, damn. What's up, friend? What's, What's going on, up, man? How are you? How are you? Boy, good, to boy. good to see you both. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm blessed course. to be here. Of course, man. Of course, of course. Uh-huh. How are you doing, man? What's going <laughs> Dude, on? I'm blessed, like I said, man. Uh, just taking a bike ride. It's springtime. Just uh, feeling it. Just feeling it. Taking it easy. It's an easy Sunday. Right. How'd, uh, how'd your week go? How'd your week go? You were telling me uh, that you had a pretty good week this week. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I work seven days a week, so. Okay. You know, I drive this truck. I'm running this trunking company. It's my first year. It was actually my best week last week, so my profit was greater than my overhead. So I ran up three bands last week, so not nice. bad. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Nice. It's a lot of work, but nice. it's worth it. Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, I think we, uh, I think we just kind of jump right in, man. You wanna, you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, again, my name's Mike. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, originally. Okay. Thirty-six Garden City, to be exact. That's where I was born. That's where all my family's from. I've been in Illinois since '07. So I worked for Brunswick Bowling and Billiards until 2012. Nice. Went off my life took a totally different direction now i got this this business take two transport shout out to jane pipia out in brookfield wisconsin she made this shirt and sent it to me nice shout out yeah yeah so that was great um i delivered a an embroidery machine to her so she was grateful for it and she sent me this shirt so i appreciate you jane awesome yeah i have a question go ahead quick um so like how how hard would you say it is to start your own business because that's I know a lot of people say like sometimes in that first year is when you feel the most like uh, opposition towards it. It's really tough. So, you know, how hard was that? And like, what were the steps that you kind of took to uh, be successful on your own business? That's a great question. Um, And something you said is complete truth. The easy part is getting it started. That's the easy part. Getting up every day like the rents do. That's the hard part. You know, so uh, staying motivated, dealing with these obstacles that you know are going to come. It depends, you know, what you do in those hard times. That's what it's it's a make or break thing. There's a lot of risk on the table. you got to be all in. 
So that's 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 my attitude towards it. Definitely, definitely, yeah. It's uh, I definitely can feel that. I definitely feel that. Um, how did the? I mean, what we just uh, finished COVID kind of just disappeared. How did that? Affect it really you? did. It really did. Being in the trucking industry, it was a big thing because truckers weren't mandated to get vaccines. Right. Um, we're essential workers. So COVID did not shut us down. There's a really a gold rush in trucking. Um, CDL drivers just make a killing. And uh, the only thing with the trucking industry is it's so overregulated that government has their hands in your pockets at all times. Mm-hmm. They don't need any probable cause to, to pull you over. These DOT officers, they can shake you down. No problem. So, yeah. Well, at least, uh, at least uh, the business thrived from that. I mean, you started at a pretty tough time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Without thinking about it. And it it just, it was the right move at the right time without thinking about it. Something just led me down that path. And not something, someone actually led me down that path. And um, big shout out to Trucker Tone for that. So. Yeah, shout out Trucker Tone, man. Definitely. And, um, you know, it's just been such a, a... a huge learning curve there's so much to it this isn't my first business but this is my first trucking business and it's pretty serious okay yeah okay um just kind of had a a couple a couple uh you know basics what uh what are some things that you like to do man mm-hmm. what are your hobbies bro i've been golfing since i was i don't know a teenager i've been bowling since i was about 10 oh, wow. um okay. i had a red black belt by the time i was 11 years old 12 years old so I did Taekwondo when I was young, got into bowling, golf, uh, motorcycles I love, any sport really. I'm a just competitive person by nature, so I feel that. whatever it is, cards, it doesn't matter. I'm shooting dice, it doesn't matter. Right. It's me against you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. You no, know? I definitely feel that, 1,000%. That's dope. But um, yeah, that's, that's what I like to do now. I like to read. I listen to a lot of Audible. So, you know, books on tape, books on CD, just books in general. Um, I listen to a lot of lecture and philosophy and uh, just positive vibration stuff, you know, trying to expand my awareness and just uh, just be an overall positive influence on people, you know, that I come in contact with. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I, de- I definitely get it. I... Um... Kind of veering off to the side here. Don't want to grill you too much off the bat. Do it. Um, so what going on uh, with um, Kanye and Pete? Should we talk about that a little bit? Should we? I uh, think we should. Should we expound on Skeet. that a little bit? Skeet. On Skeet and Kanye. So if you don't know what's going on, and and this is this is kind of the conversation uh, behind it, and I just want to get your opinion on it, and I and I'm going to ask a lot of people for their opinion on it because I think this is important. Um, so you want to give a little backstory on it? You know, just as much. Of course. No. Uh, so, I mean, the whole Pete Davidson, Kanye thing, you know, Kanye and Kim, you know, divorce and everything like that. Um, but obviously she goes and gets with the, with the, with the guy, with Pete Davidson. Right. And no problem. You know, you, you're divorced. You, you deserve to be whoever you want to be. But then, uh, there came out a, uh, something on social media that said Pete Davidson had texted Kanye and was saying, like, uh, 
a lot of crazy stuff. Actually, like I want to actually pull this up so I can kind of read exactly it is what what he said. So so we're not you know, but it wasn't it wasn't cool in my opinion. Bottom line, um, yeah, I mean obviously while you're pulling that up, he um, <laughs> Pete Davidson stood uh, a really good ground, uh, not saying anything. I mean, yeah, he's a comedian. Things are supposed to be funny and stuff like that, but. Um, Bringing somebody's family into the matter is yeah. uh, a whole different so, situation. So oh this yeah. Is what, this is the comp. So this is what. Uh, this is the conversation. So Pete says to get yell at Skeet. Can you please take a second and calm down? It's eight a.m. and it don't gotta be like this. Kim is literally the best mother I've ever met. What she does for those kids is amazing. You're so fucking lucky that she's your kid's mom. I decided I'm not gonna let you treat us this way anymore, and I'm done being quiet. Grow the fuck up. So Kanye says. Oh, you using profanity? <laughs> Where are you right now? And he says, in bed with your wife, and takes a picture of it and sends it to him. And so then, um, so then he said, uh, basically, um, this isn't public, dude. I'm not here for pictures and press, which is obviously all you care about. My offer still stands. I wish you'd man up for once in your life. Um, and he was basically asking him um, to come, um, to to come and meet face to face, Kanye and Pete. Um, and my whole thing was, like, you can't, like, once you bring somebody's kids into this, like, you have no right to speak on that. You, you're, you're fucking Kim Kardashian, and that's cool. But, like, in any situation, when you come and say anything about my kids, and even mention my kids, it's a problem for me. Oh, it turns into a completely different thing. Because now it's like, what the fuck? You have no right to say shit about my kids, about my parenting style, about anything about that. Because when it comes to me and, and, and my wife, basically, or my ex, the mother of my children, that's between us. That never, nobody ever has anything to say about that. I don't care who you, you fucking, like, I don't care. That's not cool, you know? So that's where, because to me, he looked good in this whole thing when he was just shutting the fuck up. Because there's nothing for you to say. You're not nothing but the, 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 the fucking rebound dude. Right. So play your role. Like all of the women Kanye was fucking with, what they do, they play their role. They fucking be with him, and they don't say shit about Kim Kardashian, because it's none of their business. And it's cool. And, like, they, they, like, even the first girl, like, they not fucking with each other anymore, but she said, like, I fuck with Kim Kardashian. Whatever he said, like, that don't got shit to do with me. Mm -hmm. So, I just think is, I think that's messed up. How do you feel about it, bro? Well, it's none of his business. Right. Quite frankly. Um, that's, that's my opinion on it. If he wants to be banging Kim, then more power to you. Like, hey, you're in a position many people want to be in. And, you know, Kanye should just keep doing him. That's it. Right. What else could it, What else can anyone do other than just keep doing what they know to be true? Exactly. Do to be, you know, be right. right. And not affect someone else's kids or bring in any other family members, making it more personal. You know, amping it. That's how people get hurt, really. Absolutely. I think that is... Um... I think that is really the discussion. I mean, not even um, reflecting on how Kanye has been acting the last several years and how unstable he might be. Um, when you start coming into bringing kids into the matter, I think that is uh, it's a very tricky subject. And, and how are you affecting these kids at this point? I mean, sincerely, I mean, is this just a publicity stunt on both ends? Or is this something that's actually affecting these kids? I mean... 
Kim Kardashian has already stated that she's publicized them on TikTok. Kanye's had a problem with that. And as he should. As, as in my opinion. Right, 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 right. And that's and that's my opinion too. As a father, I would uh, not expose my daughter on TikTok, especially with everything that it stands for. And especially because it's because of whose kids you are. Like I was seeing, I I've seen like some of the screenshots of her on um, TikTok, and people being like, "Go go get your mommy's credit card." Hey, do you hey North? Do you know what Cash App is? You want to play that game with us? We're broke. Can you give us? Can you uh, wire some of somebody somebody some money? Like. What? She's a little girl. Like, what the fuck? And I can understand why nobody would want to put their kids in that position. Truthfully, if I'm a famous person, I am going to try everything I can to make sure that my kids are not exposed to the uh, the media as much as I possibly can and protect them from that as much as I possibly can until they're old enough to be... To, and that's 18 when they're old enough to actually, okay, make a decision. I want to make this off of my father's name. I want to be famous because of that. If that's what they want to do, then at that point, you can make that decision. You're a grown adult. But before then, I wouldn't put you in that position to to, to, to make money off you because I just think that's messed up. And I think children should be given the opportunity to be children and grow up and be a kid and have fun. Like, you know, they. my mom used to always say like, oh, it's this is a grown person's problem. You stay out of grown people's business and stuff. And I just feel like certain things like social media is just for people who have the cognitive reasoning to be able to really navigate what's what's real and what's fake. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. And like even if like teenagers, yeah, I think at some point you should be allowed to be on social media. But I think as parents, you you have to strictly monitor that. That goes that back to discretion, bro. You know? And so. I think it's the motivation why you're using it. Mm -hmm. Are you getting needs met through social media? When all we show is what we want to be seen. Right. I mean, it's completely phony. Right. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Well, that goes back to what Aaron was saying about how people just post things on social media just to impress other people. That's I mean, exactly it. I don't know what. Same point. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I totally get that, man. I totally get that. And like I was saying, I think I think the real discussion is, is how, how are these kids being affected? And, and yeah. like I it's, said, it's exploitative, right? It's yeah. irresponsible. Unless, unless this is something that's obviously fake from both sides. I mean, what, what yeah. is happening to these kids in this matter? I mean, nobody's really going to know. And I'm sure, I'm sure these kids have gone through enough already. Right. I mean, with, I'm not even going to get into that, but with, with everything that's gone in their family and then now with the divorce, you know what I mean? I, I'm sure these, and what, being the keep, child of a superstar, right. like right. how much, what reality kind of experience TV. is that? Right. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, reality TV, all that. It's, In uh, the public eye from day one. It's it's a hard, that would have to be a very hard life. Very, very hard life. That's why, like, as much as, as, if I was in that position, as much as I could, I would just try to protect my kid. Because that's a hard way to grow up. That's a yeah. hard way to grow up. And you look at it, look at all the child stars that we know of, you know, a lot of them. They, as an adult, it was a, it was really hard for them to adjust. It was. And like, some don't make it. Some don't make it. Some get really eaten alive by fucking Hollywood and drugs and alcohol, partying, whatever. The whole Disney the Channel whole, bullshit. How many? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many people. There's not really a lot of success stories from those child stars from, from Disney. So it's just like, that's that's a lot to put on the kids. It is. It's a that's lot to exactly put, right. Fuck that. It's a lot to put on an adult. How many adults who are superstars are battling with de depression and anxiety because of just being in that spotlight? 
So imagine that with somebody who doesn't have the cognitive reasoning to really like health be in a healthy way deal with what they're feeling. They don't know. As a kid, all your emotions is everywhere. Everything is emotions. That's all you know. That's how you react to every situation. So now you are a superstar and you know, Lord knows, you know, something that you come out with doesn't go good and then people start shitting on you. Well, then how can, do you know, what if they can't take that? What if that, you know, really fucks with their psyche to the point where they really can't function anymore? You That's know? true. But so, if they, if they, they try to find their value through those, those uh, social media things exactly. or this validation in a, in a, a phony place, then it's really, it's all a false concept. Right. From the ground up. A false concept of reality. It's unfortunate. Definitely. Definitely is. Yeah, I just wanted I wanted to get your opinion on that. I uh I know you and I have uh some good talks and uh, Of course. And I respect your opinion. Likewise. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Not a lot of people do. ISO is finally home. Thirty thousand feet up green taken to the dome. Bro, you're such a bum, bro. Oh my <laughs> god, you fucking poser, bro. Jeez. Nobody's a poser, oh, bro. Okay. You wanna you wanna step on my jump? That's cool. That's cool. I'm not the comedian here. I'm hey, not... obviously you're not the fucking comedian oh, here. Wow. I mean clearly, bro. <laughs> I got you. Nobody had to spot that one. But we, we you know what? We, we're, we're definitely going. We're going to have to have a... That's all right, bro. I'm on that with you. Oh, it's cool. We can Fuck box. You. Shots fired. You want, we can box. Nah, bro. All right. It's all right, man. Maybe just, later. Maybe okay. later. After, uh, I don't I do not do things for the camera. I'm not a whore like you. Oh, we got to do it for the camera, buddy. Oh, no, I don't do shit for oh, the camera. No. Unless I do something for my homie and then he tells me on my podcast, like, oh, bro, remember that time you did that for me? I'm like, yeah, I just did that so you would make me look good on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's all good, buddy. No, uh, no it's all have good, to, You have to put it on camera, bro, because then... When I kick your ass, you're going to be like, oh, that didn't happen. Nah, bro. It wasn't okay. that bad. It's okay, bro. It's all good. It's one of those situations, bro. I hate getting into altercations, especially with you. Right. I just become an asshole immediately. The last time someone said they were going to beat my ass, I said, I'm sorry, my name is Blake, not Dick, because we both know that's the only thing that you beat. You know <laughs> See, I'm not, a, I'm not a fucking comedian. Clearly. Yeah, mister, I got material and shit. Okay, I see you, buddy. I see you. Always come prepared. Oh, yeah, Mike, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's branch off because uh, clearly this is not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> let's branch off. Um, a question that came, uh, came to mind um, was just uh, reflecting on the Kanye situation one last time. Because you guys are both, and, and, and sure, Pete Davidson too, because you guys are both entrepreneurs, um, does that affect your perspective on what's going on? I mean, the hustle is the hustle. And I respect that part of it. Right. The other part of it, the celebrity part? Just, you know, playing devil's advocate. Hey, I wouldn't really know. You know, I, I just have an opinion like anyone else. Right. And it wouldn't really matter because I don't have any personal experience with it. So right. I'd just be talking on my ass at that point. <laughs> so. You know, I don't really dedicate that much uh, energy to those things that I can't control or that are outside my influence. So I, I love how you put that. Um, Absolutely. You know, I just, I have to stay focused on me. You know, Absolutely. I was listening to something earlier and it just, it resonated. The greatest form of mastery is that over yourself. So, man, that just, I just stopped talking, stopped thinking. I just, that hit me. Self-love, self-care. Yeah, self-mastery, As absolutely. much as people want to make fun of that statement. It's, 
it may sound cliche and trendy and all these things, but there's an element of truth to it. Absolutely. Big time. I get that. I get that. Um, another question I had for you. But I wish them the best with that whole situation yeah. and it all works out the best, you know, peacefully. It's, it's probably going to uh, not end peacefully, especially with all these, uh, with uh, the music videos that Kanye has been dropping. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think Pete's going to do anything, but if he keeps going... I mean, Who knows? yeah, man, I don't, these people, we're, we're talking about multi-millionaires, mm -hmm. billionaires, mm -hmm. they have way too much to fucking lose, right. like, this, actually. But how many times, though, like, sincere, like sincerely, how uh -huh. many times has, like, millionaires, maybe not billionaires, because now we're pushing it, but millionaire, like, rappers and stuff like that have actually done something about it? Mm, uh, usually it's, like, more of the small-time guys. Once yeah. you're a guy, like a Kanye like, okay, for example, right? When Kanye and Drake were beefing, Drake was dropping crept up the block, talking about how he, you know, he was going to pull up at Kanye's right. house and all this tough Tony shit. And they weren't going to do a damn thing because Drake wants to hit a billion and Kanye maybe at that time wasn't a billionaire, but was damn near close to it. So we can talk all we want to do. I can make songs and make all my little references and be outside in a hoodie and act like I'm going to do some shit. That's all for the cameras. Because really, people were fucking so interested when Drake and Kanye were beefing. Now that they're friends, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But when they were beefing, everybody was taking sides and shit. And guess what? They probably put a little bit extra money in their pockets. Of course it did. So it's, it is. it's like, this is, it's a money all this shit is Hollywood. It's all damn near, if it ain't staged, it's people who are just talking out of their ass and they're not going to do a damn thing because what do they have to gain? So if, so let's say Kanye gets physical with Pete Davidson. What does he gain from that? Some, some, uh, some niggas from the hood are just going to be like, oh, he's Bing so, bong. he is so hard. Yeah. We get we give you respect. Who cares what they think? Right. No, I get it. Who cares? So at the same time, like, once you're in that bracket, it's way too much to lose to even be entertaining that in a real way. You use it to make you some extra money. And that's just what it becomes, entertainment. And you just entertain people. You act real tough and do the hoodie videos and right. with your homies and you but know. But dude's nickname's Loverboy and he's got a heart in his head. So it doesn't I don't know. Exactly. We know Mans is not going to do nothing, but guess what? He makes great music. And Absolutely. Doing that. And it's cool to see, to make, you know, some of your fans believe you're going to do something when you're on Instagram Live. And you may have had a few shots of Henny, you know, and a, a couple of blunts, and you're feeling yourself, as you should. You're making a lot of money, but everybody knows it's, it's not, it's fake, you know? I get it. I get it. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, for the kids' sake, right? I hope so. I get it. They just signed a deal with Hulu. With, uh, with Disney, Hulu. Who? Uh, Who the Kardashians. Oh, wow. So, I don't think... Yeah, yeah. Just keeping up with Keeping up with the Kardashians. Is, on, either, is on Hulu? I think it's I either think it's on, on... I don't think it's on Disney. No, well, you know, Disney owns Hulu, so it doesn't really matter. Disney I did not owns, know that. This, you is, didn't know. this is new information to me. Disney owns Hulu. Disney owns ESPN. I thought Disney... Well, I, I didn't ABC. realize... ABC. Well, then why wouldn't... Why did they have their own platform, then? Uh, because, well... You know what I'm saying? It's more money, bro. Like you have okay. to pay the four ninety nine for this and the seven ninety nine. But that's what I'm saying. That. So if they have like if they have Hulu Plus TV and they have um, and they have Disney, ESPN Plus, that fuck ESPN. I'm saying if they have Hulu Plus TV, they mm -hmm. have Hulu, just regular Hulu, and mm -hmm. then they have Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I realize. I mean, no matter what, if you just subjected that and you put Disney Plus 
into Hulu, you would still have to pay more money. I'm saying, why why do they make it separate platforms at that point when you would still have to pay more money no matter what? Because, well, if you think about it right this, right? So who they didn't always own Hulu. They bought Hulu. Recently. So, it's not, I don't know if how recent it is, but they bought, it's been a, a few years for sure. But um, with Hulu, it like if you look at it, okay, I own Hulu. It already had its own brand. It already had people subscribing to it. People who only want Hulu just because they have already been paying for the subscription and use and used to all the stuff that we've been putting on the subscription. So we're going to keep Hulu. And also some of the edgier things that we, we might not want to put on our Disney Plus because Disney Plus is supposed to be family. You know, that's kind of how they uh, bring, it, bring it out to people. So it will make sense. May, May 2019. Yeah. So I'm two years late. So yeah, it's not, so it hasn't even been that long. So of course they were already their own thing. Right. You, you're making money off that. It, it makes sense to no. just keep it as its own thing. And I mean, they do I have under- a little bundle. You could get the bundle, bundle it up. Uh, and like you get ESPN Plus and Hulu and Disney. It just doesn't make sense to me. But no, it's more money. No, I, re- I realize that. But I'm yeah. saying that you would still have to pay more money on mm-hmm. the same streaming site. Right. You have to pay more money for Hulu Plus, for Hulu TV. Right. You have to pay more money for Hulu, like for channels on there. True. Those are package deals that you have to pay more money for. Right. So why would you make it completely, unless it was just kid-oriented, but still, with all the parental locks that you can do on these streaming sites, I don't think it really mattered that they put it on a different streaming site. That's what I'm saying, Disney-wise. Because they have, obviously, Disney bought Marvel. They have a bunch of Marvel stuff on there, and then with Marvel, I mean, they... It's PG-13, I think. Yeah, but some of it's pretty pretty adult humor like. Yeah, it's not just it's, for kids. It's still PG thirteen. Right. No, that's that's all I'm saying. I like, got you. No, so I that's understand. that's the only reason why. Like, I think there may be something that's R rated on Disney Plus. I don't really remember, but there might be R rated stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think more of it was is like this is already a brand that's making money, so let's right. not mess with it. I understand. So and then also like there's certain stuff that you might that you would put on a streaming site that you may not want to associate with Disney. You might not right. want to put Freddy versus Jason on Disney Plus, right? Is that on Hulu? Or but is that it was like, on Hulu at a point. In time. Was it? It was on Hulu. I, no. I watched it on Hulu before. So I'm saying like, movie, so. or like Vice, you might not want to put your stuff from Vice because Vice has puts all their stuff on, on Hulu. Right. I mean, on oh yeah, on Hulu. So maybe I don't want some people smoking pot on my Disney Plus because my name Disney is attached to it. I understand. You know what I mean? So no, I understand. Yeah, That's That's, that, that would make more sense to me, to be honest. I got you. Disney. You guys remember those subliminals they put in those old movies? You yeah. ever see that shit? Crazy. If you really want to break it down, that I mean, you want to talk about Disney for a yeah. second? Disney is literally based on a lie. I don't know <laughs> who had to say it, but Disney's based on a lie. Walt Disney stole all these these old like Little Mermaid. Um, what is it? Cinderella, Snow White, and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah, All these were, were drama and borderline horror films. They were made in. Well, they weren't even films at the time. Well, well right, stories. not even films. Yeah. I mean, they were they were just they were just act like reenactments. So I mean, they were literally based off of like Roman Catholic times, where people were literally on stage performing mm-hmm. these Disney movies, mm-hmm. and then they were rewritten in a child's way. And then, of course, like you were stating too, how many little Easter eggs you would find um, in, in these movies. And it's and it's ridiculous because I never noticed any of that shit when I was a kid. Me either. Me either. 
And on top of that, too, they even, they're they very progressive with it. There's a show out right now. Um, I don't know the exact name, but I can find the exact name. But the premise of the show, not show, but movie, is that this little girl hits puberty and she turns into this big red fox. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently there's a bunch of adult humor. And uh, no, 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 and, no, I'm serious. And this is a Disney movie? This is a Disney movie and it's for kids or it's a show or it's one of the two. Right. But it's, it's Disney produced it and, um, and they're attracting uh, younger kids with this show mm-hmm. or movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's complete adult humor. And, it, and, and a lot of the stuff nowadays that you see uh, with that Disney's making... I wouldn't let my fucking daughter watch. Right. I mean, you want to go back to like old Pixar times and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Because my daughter is not going to understand just like I didn't. But if you want to start talking about the newer stuff, I mean, come on now. Dude, they, they, there's so much adult humor in there. So much there's adult humor. adult humor. Sometimes, actually, if you, and sometimes if you incredibles? watch it with your kids, because like I was watching, um, it was, I was with, uh, like one of my cousins and, She's about six, and we watched The Incredibles. The Incredibles. That's, that's Pixar, right? Uh, that's Disney Pixar. It's both. Yeah. Right, uh, right. So we were watching it, and she wasn't even really that interested. I was sitting there enjoying it because it's like, honestly, it was felt like it was more for me, geared to me, my age group, than mm-hmm. it was for her. And mm-hmm. I was actually, she's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like some of the stuff you can tell is like almost geared towards almost an older audience. I think they're losing sight though because you know they're trying to reach a different demographic. I mean, these. I mean, somebody has to bring these kids to these movies, and they probably took that into consideration and was like, "Oh well, if parents are bringing these kids to watch these movies, then we have to put more adult humor in there." But at that point, I mean, where's the discretion? What are you exposing the kids to at that point? Right, just to try to attract another demographic. Yeah, yeah, that's a fine line. I mean, it all goes back to you know. Cash rules everything around me. Cream. get the money. Sure. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Like, hey. I know, it, but That's still. what it comes down to. When you have a kid, Aaron, you'll get it. Oh, no, I understand. Well, no, you will. You will. Man, no, when I don't you know have, about that. When you buddy. have a kid, you'll sit down and you'll reflect on it and you'll be like, you know what? I definitely have to watch what I'm saying. I have to watch what my child's doing. Maybe not be uh, uh, all God's eye. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I really, with everything, what we were just talking about, um, last episode, yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, discretion, and not only that. I mean, with that being said, I mean, you can't just when we were kids, you can't just go to we we just went to the store because all there was was nudie magazines. We didn't just <laughs> look up porn stuff like that. Stuff wasn't just all over the internet where yeah. stuff just popped up. Because you know what I mean? In your windows, if you, you look click up on porn something on them old school computers. You would be like frying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You would give it every virus, You're and your frying, parents would find out. And they're finding out immediately that you fucked up the computer. Yeah. You're on some dial-up modem, like yeah. making all kinds of things. They make a call. Yeah. This shit. Like, they make really? a call. Yeah. Shit. It takes Frozen. forever to download one yeah. JPEG or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Keeping that shit. shit. <laughs> It took me a week to download. Oh, the truth. shit. That is insane. That's <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago. Right. And it wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. You it know was what? In the last 20 years. It wasn't or, that long ago. Less. It wasn't even that long ago when we had uh, just a flip phone. Like, I remember having a Razor. Yeah. Like, and then that was dead super fast. And everybody had, like, a touchscreen phone. And then there was all, like, the... The booty touchscreen, the booty well, the first, androids. The first, yeah, the first touchscreen that came out was the Androids, oh, right? Oh, it was Before tr- they even came out with the iPhones. Trash. 
people would rather have a blackberry than the that's what I or the trio blackberry from the trio. It's just like the BlackBerry, mm-hmm. but it literally had the whole keypad and the little antenna. You remember the little Oh, little yeah, phone? yeah, yeah. The Blackberries didn't have that. They were cool. They were smooth. Yeah, they were. The BlackBerry, you just, you could put it in your, the palm, and then you got that little ball. The little track, yeah. You just, yeah. You know, Blackberry is decent. <laughs> you know, all right, then, all right, all right. Yeah. And then, uh, go ahead, got go ahead. with the iPhone. Yeah, the iPhone. No, the first iPhone was trash. And I'm standing on that. The first iPhone was... Well, they started coming out trash. with um, the, the, first, the like, iPods two, before they even started coming out with the iPhone. And no, not even the iPod Touch, bro. The iPod Nano. iPod Nano. And the then they came Shuffle. out with a little bigger one. And then, yeah, the iPod Shuffle. And then there was a larger one that held 32 gigs when yeah. that was like the most that you could hold back in the day without getting like a big memory, like outside memory drive with <laughs> like a terabyte. That's insane. That's terrible. Then LimeWire... Yeah, LimeWire that gave you every virus, but you could download any kind of thing any that you wanted. Song and Pirate you Bay. Wanted. Oh my god! Pirate Bay for movies. Yo, I, Napster. I, Napster. I'm sorry, Napster. Grandma. I apologize that I fucked up your computer because I definitely fucked your shit up, and I tried to blame it on everybody else. But it was me downloading the hella songs off LimeWire and shit. Then I got the now whole family doing it. Shit. Now we know. Smelled, you started smelling the computer and shit. <laughs> You're like something. Something's burning. <laughs> What the fuck? What the fuck? Terrible. Before we venture off too far, um, I had a couple things that I want to talk about uh, okay. with you, Mike, and ask. What's up? Um, so in your journey, man, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? My old self. In the way that I want to move further and further away from that person who I was. Shed that old skin. You know, Make something new today. Be a little bit better have a new edge um you know just keep learning keep growing that's what really motivates me get further away from my old self i feel through that. that you know definitely change yeah that's okay i mean i i definitely uh i could I definitely touch on that a little bit because i, I definitely understand everything you're saying in that uh, i personally don't I cannot live stagnant. Mm-hmm. As soon as I start feeling comfortable, That's I, it. Um, I have to become uncomfortable in order to grow. It's the again. only way. You know? So I definitely um, I definitely feel that shedding your skin and, and yeah, and your old self being the, uh, the better foot forward because you want to run away from the person that you used to be mm-hmm. in a sense because mm-hmm. you always want to grow. Right. I mean, why... Everybody's done things that made them feel weak in the past, but you know, everybody has a chance to grow from that or not. Absolutely. So it's it's totally up to us right. how we handle these you know these obstacles and challenges and failures. Those are important for me to remember those failures. One, so I don't do it again, but you know, two, to just remind myself that I can come back from just about anything. Absolutely. No, I want to just say, touch on the comfortable point, um, being uncomfortable. I remember, I think it was Dana White, and he was saying um, that it's it's easy, it's harder to get up out of a out of a saddened bed and out of some out of your nice pajamas and your mansion right, and right. go grind and go get get ready to go fight and get your ass kicked by somebody than it is to you know sit there and. Uh, when when it's when the going's tough when it's hard when you're hungry when you're hungry the fridge you is empty you're, yeah you're walking exactly that's when it's easier to get up and, and want to go of course you know, fight so I, I can completely agree like 
uh, you don't grow unless you're uncomfortable, you know, truthfully. That, that's just how it, how it goes. Every time you take that extra step, it's really because you put yourself out, you took out of yourself out of your comfort zone and really, uh, you know, progressed, step forward, took a leap of faith and said, you know, whatever happens, happens. I think the beauty yeah, of, of nowadays is too, is that, like I've mentioned before, vulnerability is, uh, is, is it literally... That's key for me. Key, but nowadays, vulnerability is something that is um, commended. I don't think that people are looked at like they used to of, you know, being vulnerable in situations as weak mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. This is uh, a strength more than anything. And as soon as you're able to become vulnerable with not only yourself, but, you know, with people that Other you care people. about, um, that is, is probably one of the biggest strengths that you can have. Man, it leads to such great connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, just, it's authentic. And who can't relate to someone else's problems in some way? Right. Or, or someone else's challenges. I mean, we're all the same race, the human race, right? Right. So, Absolutely. Fuck. I mean, man, I mean, I remember you and I talking about stories and stuff like that. And uh, before you got a car, man, you were riding your bike everywhere. Absolutely. Everywhere from uh, from Fox Lake to Gurney and so forth. And I mean, back. That's, and that's, that's fucking ridiculous, man. Hey, that's that's just how you got to want it. That's, that's all there is to it. Absolutely. I don't remember how it goes, but without, what is it? Without a why, you can survive anyhow. Or it was, it was something like that. Okay. Um, so you have to have purpose was, was it. And then all the circumstances in between that will move out of your way. Once you have that clear, defined goal and you move forward with a whole heart, there's no stopping you. Manifest your reality. Absolutely. But it's convincing myself. And it, that took a long time to do. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part, right? Yeah. I mean, you can sit here and convince everybody else, but convincing yourself is what's going to produce change. That's where it's really at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another question I have for you, man. Um, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Wow. I would tell that kid that I love him and that it's not a mistake to know his power accept his greatness, you know, and go forward. Stop following other people. Stop making excuses. Absolutely. Own your shit. Um, you know, put put burdens where, where they belong. Don't take on it any other's responsibilities either as your own. Um, that, would, that would be the biggest thing. This is why I'm asking you these questions, bro, because that message reflects to, I believe... 99% of the population mm -hmm. and I hope you realize that you telling your 18 year old self that would be the same as I feel like anybody would tell their 18 year old self I hope so especially since we live in this shame based society already absolutely oh man absolutely. Nah, you're not a mistake right you know? you're worth it you are worthy of the greatness and the abundance in this world don't let anybody tell you you're not no matter where you're from or who you are right uh, yeah, and and unfortunately, you're worth as much as you feel nowadays. That's the Absolutely. truth. That's the truth. And that's that goes back to what we were just talking about, convincing myself that I'm worth it. That's where it starts. Absolutely. Waking up every day, reminding myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's important for me to stay on track. That's amazing. Truly. You got something to add to that? I don't know, man. You guys uh, said it perfectly. 
um, you know, every you are worth it. Um, and truly making yourself believe that is the hardest part. But once you get to that part, you know, whatever obstacle you got coming your way, you know, you're able to really fight through that. Because in your head, you've already convinced yourself, I'm worth it. I know my worth and I know my power, you know. And I just wish, like, that is what we tell, what I would want to tell my 18-year-old self and what I would just want to tell, you know, the youth of the world. Tell everybody, not even the youth. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are, really. If you if you got breath, then you have the most important currency, which is your energy, and you have time. And time is not guaranteed. You only have a limited amount. Fortunately, you don't know how much time we got. So, today. That's right. It's about today, you know, truthfully. Um, don't take don't don't take for granted the time that you're given. One thousand percent. I get it. Definitely, definitely. Um, something that I wanted to add to that too is um, you know, trauma is confusion times time. And if you're unable to to deal with something like that, like I was saying, being vulnerable not only in that moment, but with yourself in life, then um, you're going to hold on to that burden, like Mike was saying, for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of what holds people back nowadays, is uh, being confused about what happens in their life. Absolutely. And um, you just have to learn to love yourself. Yeah. Love who you are, love what you do, and um, and become become a better you. you know? No doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. Everyone has good inside them. Everybody does. I don't believe. Uh, I don't believe some of the baddest people that have been, um, you know, euthanized in the judicial system. Didn't have good in them at one point. Yeah. I think that is. Uh, again, like I said, there was a traumatizing experience. They were confused by it, and they weren't able to deal with it. So yeah. I just wanted to. That's it. Is maladaptive coping, whatever it was. And those were the times, man. And we, we touch on that. Those were the times. And especially for people like around our age, we definitely can't beat ourselves up because those, those are the times that we lived in. I mean, and, and, and it all depends where you grew up too. Even though being vulnerable was weakness and that's universal, but I mean, if you were in the city, if you were in the suburbs, I mean, depending around the, the demographic of people that you were hanging around, I mean, that could get you killed. Sincerely. Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. But now it's 2022. And people have to start letting go of those burdens, man. Absolutely. Well, I really think there's a consciousness expansion happening. The Absolutely. last two years really, really changed everybody's perception of reality, I think, and what's really important. Absolutely. It made me question what's really important. Well, that's for sure. COVID brought us together. It did. In, in and took us apart. And took us apart. Correct. It was a 50-50. But it's like, uh, my goodness. How many couples found out that they didn't really love the person that they had married? Right. Yeah. Or or they really do. Right. Or they were really Absolutely. grateful to have this person. And, uh, you know, it, I think that really affected the, obviously it affected the entire world. No doubt about it. I mean, it did bring us all together. It brought it, us all together. In that way. It did. It did. I mean, the, the entire world. And, and, and like you said, it brought us apart too because now it's now we're at the point where when they came out with the vaccination, uh, you got people spitting at you, you know. You're not vaccinated. You're the reason oh why you goodness. killed grandma. It's more division. Right. More, right. Oh. More no, driving absolutely. us apart. And antisocial. Definitely. I think a lot of people are antisocial now because of it. 
they hide behind kids. the masks. I noticed yeah. that people Especially are more comfortable kids. with the mask on. Yeah. Still, mm -hmm. to this day. Oh yeah, and the mask they use it. Is up. They use it. Sorry, Eric. What were you no, I was just saying, especially the kids that like had a, their whole yeah, my daughter, man. stage was like under COVID. Absolutely. Like, it's weird because like, I'm sure it's weird for them to, to try and go and interact with other ki kids now, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, especially if you're like kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Like, especially those, because when you go to kindergarten, a lot of kids, that's their first time really being around other children their right. age and interacting. And that shit is so important oh, yeah. for how you start to grow and uh, your social skills as mm -hmm. you grow your as development, a dog. So just having that cut out, Oof. I know that could have been really, really crazy and, and maybe be detrimental uh, in this sure. next generation. So sure. we'll see. Speaking of the next generation, it's probably going to be a COVID generation and COVID babies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a generation, I bet you. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, and one of the... The craziest things that I'll uh, I'll leave off with on that uh, on that note is that, like I said, my daughter she's going to be three in August. So her whole life has been uh, circled around wearing a mask mm -hmm. and uh, COVID and wearing a mask in daycare and then even have to wear a mask when we went on a flight somewhere or anything like that. And it's crazy because now I can't get this kid to take the damn mask off. She loves this fucking mask. I'm uh -huh. like I'm like Sadie, we're home. There's no reason to be wearing a mask. And she thinks it's playtime. And she's not a doctor. It's just this is what we do now. Everybody wears a mask. Mm -hmm. And it just blows my mind. Because obviously she doesn't know the difference, but... Right. Wasn't always like that. Right. And uh, But other countries wore masks. Uh, I think China wore masks before COVID. Right. But, but I don't know if you saw... They have horrible air quality, though. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the videos from, uh, from China... I mean, what? It's all propaganda. I, I believe. I don't know. I don't know. Mikey. Yes, sir. I got a couple more for you here. Buddy. What do you got? What's the most important thing that you've learned in your life so far? Oh wow! I think just taking accountability for everything, whether it's good or bad, all the mistakes, all the success, whatever it is. Accountability. That's the biggest thing. Owning my shit, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Right. You know, being as authentic as I can, as genuine as I can. Where do you think that you were at before you learned that? Uh, I mean, I didn't know who I was. I mean, I, I was lost, basically. Lost so long. <laughs> so, I didn't have any... My identity was based on whatever was around me you know I, I was a, a chameleon in a way I guess adapting. you know yeah constantly adapting I was always moving around as a kid so I got really good at it um so but I was always fitting into someone else's mold you know where someone else was from and uh I just learned to not be true to myself basically my own personality mm -hmm. so like a like a vicarious living yeah Absolutely. But, you know, I wasn't part of that community to begin with, so I was always like an outsider. But, so that, it was even more important to me to try to adapt into their culture, so to speak. Right. You know, but I lacked authenticity doing that. How do you think, um, how do you think it's changed since you've held yourself accountable now? 
Your life, that is. I think it's more, I treat others with respect because I know how tough it is just to, just to wake up and do life sometimes. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all have good days and bad days, so I try to, try to respond with, you know, as much empathy as I can. I think that's a big part of it. Even though I may not like you, I, I can still find some common ground and, you know, work this out somehow. Oh, uh, just building off of that, how has that, that quality really helped you as far as uh, in, in the business world with your business? Being able to just be cordial and respectful to people, but like, even if you don't necessarily like them mm -hmm. or what they stand for. Yeah. Um, example, I might be talking to a freight broker who I can tell is just trying to rush me and all there's other people waiting for this load, this, you know, I still have to slow them down and uh, maybe disarm the situation. And, you know, I can tell he's not respecting what I'm saying. So, you know, some people are, you can't approach them. And right. that's not my problem. I can't get through to someone who's not willing to listen. So I guess it's pick and choose the battles and know when I want to be right and when I just want to, move on so it's it's tough you know dealing with people you never know what you get so another question right so in in your industry um i don't know mm -hmm. if people understand how important really it is um as like america as we run so can yeah. you kind of get into like how important your industry is like making the world run as it does sure um just last summer, I think those those cargo ships were sitting off the coast. I, you know, everybody felt that. You see the, the prices on the shelves. You see the the limits uh, that we can buy. You know, toilet papers right. bought at a toilet limit. Yeah. Um, you know, all kinds of things. Sanitation supplies were at a limit, and you know, uh, supply and demand basically. The truck game has really been a boon and it's really come into focus as so important right like people need their stuff and they're what locked at the house they can't go anywhere we got shut-in orders or, you know that's scary stuff who's gonna drive that stuff right you know uh, and that the whole supply chain issue like you said somebody's waiting on parts for what months and uh it's like that everywhere, finding parts for trucks and making trucks, new cars. You see the car market, the car industry, used car industry. Man, trucks can be six figures and there's so much money to be made. There's a lot of risk on the table. And, you know, the truck game is essential, like you said. And drivers or truckers need to be shown that respect, right. you know, and um, just be... Don't pass on the right because that's the biggest blind spot. So, a little tip for uh, for you drivers out there, motorcyclists, don't pass a semi on the right. So it's no excuse when a semi almost hits me on the left, then, Ryan. It's. I mean, he's the professional driver. He's the CDL happen. driver. It's happened a couple times. He's the CDL driver. And I'm I'm throwing my hands up like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I not, know they see me. Not every driver is, uh, you know. Number one. Right. You know, it's not. It's <laughs> not uh, status, huh? Absolutely. Shake and bake, baby. I see it. Yeah. 
And that's the other thing about the industry is they're they're on a clock. Right. Right. So it might be it's a 70 hour work week, 14 hour work day, 11 hour drive time, half hour break. I just was uh, I was just read did some research on that. Uh, yeah. Hours of service. Right. Yeah. It's that that's crazy. You have to be is. aware of that. And yeah. the ELD and which is electronic logs. So that's that's mandatory. Um, that's part of that that big regulation. Mm-hmm. So, you were, go ahead. Go, yeah. I was just saying you were saying something as well about um, about being able to get pulled over at any time because I mean they can just search you. DOT officers, yeah. What hap- I mean, what happens is that with your schedule time because I mean I know something like that could take an hour. You can longer. get put out of service. I've actually been put out of service before. Yeah, yeah, and that's a ten hour downtime. So. It was a it was a brake thing, so brakes were out of adjustment. And DOT popped me, so that was a sit down until it got fixed. It ended up taking ten hours just because you know people couldn't get it together for whatever. It was out in the middle of nowhere, and um, yeah, so Jeez. yeah, the DOT officers. That's another money grab. So you know, they're if they want to find something, they will find something, even if it's beautiful truck you know custom you could tell this person really takes this game seriously right they'll still find something so it's so it's so obvious what it really is right where do you envision yourself five years from now especially with your company and and yourself obviously with self-growth five years from now business-wise i would have liked to sold this company already moved on to something else um probably within another three or four years I'll look at doing that and uh, making my exit out of this one and then turn it into something else I'm not sure what that is right now but this could be set up as a passive income source or you know I might get into real estate I'm probably going to rebrand this trucking company as you know I've been thinking about that so um, I'd like to do that within that time and for me personally just continue growing I mean just treat people right and be true to myself what else can I do you know I feel that so uh, I kind of you know have to a question about that Um, so can you actually and it's not really a question it's more of just like well it is a question Um, Mm. can you really get into uh, take two and into like really what you do and really just use this time to really promote, you know, okay. your, your, your company. Okay, well, take two, it's not my first business. So yeah. this is my second take on business. I started a pin setter servicing company before, so this is my second take on business, right? So I have that experience and I'm bringing it in to this. Um, so it's a motor carrier, non-CDL. We are registered in the lower 48 states. We can haul anywhere in the lower 48 states. So um, that's what we do. Anything up to 26,000 pounds. And I'm looking at getting TSA certified so I can get, I can take cargo to and from O'Hare, say, Midway, wherever, Kenosha. Um, So I'm always thinking of little wrinkles and other avenues of setting myself apart from, you know, the masses. So this is a, a booming market, Chicago's home. And I mean, you can eat right here in the backyard. There's enough work here for, for people right. and other businesses. So there's plenty of room 
in this game for other people. So that's another thing I like, uh, being able to work with other businesses. Like I said, this, this shirt was a blessing. It came from another uh, entrepreneur, another cell phone business. So right. I never know who I'm going to run into. That's another part of this that I love. Um, I'm always running into different people and meeting other business owners. I deliver to other businesses, so I'm always talking and I'm really excited about where it's going. Right. Just making it through year one is a big thing. Of course, yeah. And um, I'm still growing. It's, you know, I'm still learning. <laughs> I still bump my head all the of course, time. Of course. Um, so, but I'm here. I keep showing up. Yeah. So, um, no one's going to outwork me, that's for sure. That is for absolute sure. Yeah. I say that all the time, man. Nobody's going to care about what I love more than myself. Yep. Nobody will. Yep. I'm responsible for it. Good or bad. So that's that's what uh, that's what Take Two's on right now. And we may go into dispatching. I'm always looking for good other owner-operators to work with and other motor carriers to work with to network. And maybe we could all focus our energy on one one area you know get those big contracts so um that's a great part of the the freight game as well is there's so many avenues and opportunities for people that are just truck and freight specific right like like yourself you're right. about to get into the game exactly so, exactly from the other side so, right yeah it's crazy there's a lot of opportunity there absolutely absolutely and uh, just getting into the more of the logistics game where mm -hmm. <clears throat> being that middleman between um, uh, shipper and uh, basically the, uh, the, the carrier. Uh, carrier. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting mm -hmm. kind of uh, learning it from this side. And, like, we've had a couple conversations about the game and everything. So it's oh, yeah. really interesting. Like like you said, it's a lot of work for everybody mm -hmm. out here. So if you're you're hungry, you know it's it's one of the the fastest growing industries, you know, and it and it's it's like a necessity. It's a necessity. It's recession proof. Yeah. There's never enough trucks. I never. mean, people can't get their stuff fast enough. You know, Amazon one day delivery. Absolutely. The suckers on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not slowing down either. Nope. Nope. And there's more people, just um. Or like at home, especially during this whole, I mean, I would like, I'm sure the, the price went up, you know, during this whole, this whole thing, because the demand was so strong. You had so many people at home. I remember like delivery prices for just food was, yes. everything went up, you know, and yes. I mean, you just, and I just felt like during this time there was, you had to like tip, you know, if you didn't tip, like, of course, like you had to kind of go out of your way and do a tip bigger than what you normally did. So for me personally, I ate out less just so that when I did eat out, I could tip that person. Cause that's a lot. Like that's you're awesome. putting yourself at risk, you know? So like, um, it's, it's very important that, uh, like this industry, this, I mean, this industry is very important to just how we live every day. Very you know? lucrative. Very for lucrative. Sure. For sure. It is. It is. And, um, like I said, there's a lot of risk on the table. Insurance cost is crazy. The regulation from the government is not getting any less. Um, 
So there are some some hurdles there. Of course. And ways around it as well. I mean, you could drive a, a vehicle that's under 10,000 pounds gross weight, and it wouldn't be considered a commercial vehicle. And you can run that joint all day, 24-7. There are no regulations. So there are other ways, but then you would have to scale, go wider, you know, have a fleet to really make what one semi could make. Right. So it's, uh, but there's different ways to make it. That's if you want to do it that way, you're free to do it. So that's the beautiful thing. That's fire. Yeah, yeah. There's always so much more to learn. Absolutely. So. All right, all right. And kind of, uh, I appreciate that, by the way. Yeah. appreciate you uh, you diving into that. You can sure. kind of, uh, you know, venture away a little bit. Uh, I mean, you ride motorcycles. What kind of bike do you ride? Do I have, my first bike is actually outside right now. It's a... 883 Harley Davidson mm -hmm. and I bought it just before COVID so uh, you know they offered me just as much as I paid for it you know I've had it for four years so I've seen it it was a, it was a decent investment it's a sexy bike for sure yeah, so nice bike. thank very you nice bike. thank you I, yeah I'm blessed to have it you know I'm just I'm very fortunate to even be in the position to have it and be able to have kept it mm -hmm. um, over the last couple of years and uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for it. And it was one of those things like I had a dream one night actually that I was riding a motorcycle. It was very vivid. I could close my eyes right now and still see the dream. And uh, I hadn't ridden a motorcycle before. Actually, I did. I rode a dirt bike and I just whiskey throttled that bitch. And I was went down. I got scared. I grabbed the front brake with the wheel cock. So I just went straight down. And uh, luckily I was fine, you know. I was more shaken up than anything, right, right. and I didn't touch a bike until, you know, just a few years ago, and I took the Riders Academy thing, I failed the first one, I went back the next week, this was the last one for the year, mm -hmm. and I aced that thing. I was the first one out there, and then I went and took it again at the DMV, so, to get the motorcycle endorsement, right, and again, I was there at like 6 o'clock, first one on the range, and clocked it. So that was a, it was a, a personal hurdle that I always wanted to get over. It was like a, a fear that I had to get over. Absolutely. You know, I had to face that. Yeah. It was and important for my personal growth. Oh right. my goodness. It's like a meditation uh, when you're riding, when I'm riding the motorcycle, if I have tunes in my ear or, or not, just the sound of the road and the bike, it's just so peaceful. Yeah, that's fire. Right? But then there's also the element of, oh shit, a deer. You know? Yeah, especially out here in the Midwest. And uh, I've run up on deer before and spooked them. And those things are so quick and they turn on a dime. And man, talk about the heart racing. You know? Um, so, big shout out to all those motorcycle riders out there. Please be aware. Keep your eyes out for motorcycle riders. We're yeah. coming out. It's that time of year. Oh, we got the bikes out. They're clean. Yeah. You know, we're out there riding. So <laughs> you see us. It doesn't need to be, but, you know, 35 degrees in the Midwest, and we're out there with the sunshine and salt's <laughs> out the road, you know. Right. Off the road, I should say. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big part of my life now. So I look forward to it. I get cabin fever. And um, just getting out there, is, it, it calms me down a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That was uh, that was gonna be my follow up question, but you kind of answered it already for me. I mean, you started off your uh, 
your journey with an accident, uh, like essentially, I mean, I you, did. Are you worried about, you know what I mean? I mean, I know you see videos and stuff like yes. that. You're lucky enough to, of course, I mean, smart enough to wear your helmet. And I know that cause I see that. I but, wear the uh, gear. I do wear the gear. Even if people, you know, look at me a certain way because of it, I don't care. Right. I, you know, it's not their ass in the scene. That's your life. Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry. Cut you. No, Did, no you I mean, you didn't necessarily cut me off. You, you kind of already answered my question. I mean, is there any kind of like rational fear out there when you're on the bike? Of course. But, yeah, that's of course. the only reason it's, why I haven't got one. It's healthy fear. Yeah. I mean, you have to respect it at all times. Right. And, um, you know, there's no, that moment that you're slipping, that's when you're caught. And, uh, you know, don't ride tired. You know, know your limits. Ride within your skill. There's, there's a lot of things that you'll learn, you know, if you take a course that, you know, they point out this psychology of riding and the physics of riding and what the maneuvers and the, the, like the cone weaves and lock to lock maneuvers, um, police officers go through intense training. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the, uh, the drills that they go through the, 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 the maneuvers with these bikes are, that's, it's a great skill and a lot of dedication so um yeah there's of course there's fear and you have to have fear in order to respect it for me right you know i just make sure that my head's in the game if i'm gonna ride absolutely yeah i had one more question for you you mentioned that you bowled uh is there anything that like yeah stood out like what's what's the biggest thing that stood out to you uh in your bowling career because i mean you started i mean you were talking about that i mean the, the pin setting mm -hmm. and that obviously had something to do with it right it did i i mean like that was there. the first well yeah i mean that was the first the first business that you started but i'm saying is yes. there anything that like stood out uh in your bowling career like the most like any kind of like exciting moment or like scary moment or like you know what i mean just kind I of like, high yeah like i like the biggest highlight moment in your bowling career that stood out to you that you can recall my bowling career as a bowler or as both someone in the business both okay absolutely it could be a two-parter okay well as a bowler uh seven seven eighty nine is my high series so wow. i almost touched 800 almost but you know i've been a scratch bowler for a long time so um i spent a lot of a lot of time on the lanes and um like you said behind the scenes on the pin setter facility maintenance um, lane maintenance certification, um, you know, with the, the lane machine, I've spent so many hours studying the game. You've probably seen the evolution of them too. I'm sure they're way more advanced yeah. now than they used to be. Um, it's still the same technology. Really? Yeah. With, as far as pin setters, I mean, there are new, more advanced right. things and scoring is different and, um, bowling has changed quite a bit as far as less scratch bowlers out there and sanctioned leagues are less so that game has changed quite a bit it's more for entertainment right but there's still you know that that core of you know this guy's a bowler <laughs> you know there's still those people out there that go out there and you know uh like kingpin uh you know throwing their 20s down and you know going heads up yeah so pop bowling it's still alive definitely still alive you ever run into uh any kind of conflict um, always all the time there's shit talking on the lanes conflict people get shot I mean, like fights fights oh absolutely absolutely when i worked for brunswick zone you know around here um there were there were fights and just all kinds of stuff all the time 
What's the craziest story that you, you can recall? That, like, fight-wise? The craziest story? Yeah, I want to know. I would say, well, I know there was a there was a shooting in Oakland, which was horrible and tragic. And it and was, that was over again. And it was at, I don't know if the, it was, I don't think it was, that may have been a yeah. side yeah. thing. But, you know, I think it was more a personal conflict. Mm. But that had happened at a Brunswick zone. So, crazy. you know, we're open late. People are drinking. Yeah, we're partying. Basically, we're it's an all-night party. Everybody's just messed up pretty much. Oh, I've seen Aaron Bull. I know. Once they... Uh, yeah. you know what I mean, why are you going to the bowl now if you're not getting lit? But that's just me. Right. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, that, that would be the craziest part of it is that potential for violence, but... Of course, with you the know. drinking and everything. Yeah. You know, and just the competitive. Yeah, that's, that's true. Of course, yeah, it can definitely get uh, heated easily. You know? Right. I can definitely see that. Things get said a certain way at a certain time. You know. I get it. You never know. Uh, but yeah, that's those are my two highlights from, from bowling. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Mike. I uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Have fun. Take two transport. Yep, that's uh, it. We're plugging that. Take two transport. Everybody knows that name. Everybody's gonna know that name. MC number one two five eighteen ninety one. There you there go. There we go. There you go. Thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, you got Blake Steele over here, my uh, co-host, Kid Iso Aaron. Yeah, what's good? Thank you everybody for watching, liking, <laughs> sharing, subscribing. Go ahead. You got one more point? Oh yeah. Uh, go get that. Um, Iso's finally home. Out now, ISO is finally home by Kid ISO. Uh, songs produced by G Money, and it is the video was shot by G Money. It's on the Northside Plug page, so go check that out. Go show that some love, and yeah, that's it. Go check that shit out. Thank you, everybody. Hell yeah, we love you all. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> see ya. Wade in the water, just wade in the water Make sure your steps don't falter And so the dogs don't follow Negro spirituals kept me safe from all my partners Holy scriptures in the verses that I fucking author Smoking weed and eating with some fucking beast Lil' drummer boy fed me beast and a nigga feast Inspired in the Bible but influenced by Diallo Nah, not Diablo, my father, my idol